1: Side. Couple with a break, brew and a friend Bleed orange and blue to the bitter end Come and join us, DDNBR We are DNBR
2: Welcome in to the DNBR Broncos podcast On this terrific Thursday I'm your host Zach Stevens, Joined by my man Andrew Mason And we're coming live from Studio A and Mace, the A stands for.
0: A begin. Oh, I hate to use the A beginning. R- okay, a we're going to do what well, you hate. <laughs> or uh, a sanction. You know what? It could stand for a sanction. Mm, okay. And actually, you know what? If it's any of these coaches, it will, because even though Dan Quinn has been a head coach, these are all coordinators who, or position coaches who would ascend to. The head coaching job and that process starts today with the Broncos staff key staff meeting with Aaron Glenn in Detroit.
2: Yes, and we'll get into every update so it stands for
0: Aaron, right? As well. It, it can stand a for, for Aaron. Aaron. There we an go. And
2: not the Aaron with an R that follows. And Aaron with a G that follows. Aaron Glenn, mm-hmm. not Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to get into all of the coaching updates and tell you what you need to know about this weekend's candidates. But first, got to give a shout-out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Over at MSU Denver Online, they offer a dynamic degree. And you don't have to stop your life in order to get a degree. And that's what MSU Denver Online allows you to do. They allow you to continue your life while continuing to get an education. Whether you want to do one class, whether you want to get uh, an entire degree, you can do that over at MSU Denver Online. And make sure to check them out because they will get you that degree at an affordable price with allowing you to continue your life. So check them out, MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, how are you doing today? I mean, it Mm -hmm. feels like a Friday, a Saturday, it's a Thursday, and the Broncos are kind of just starting their coaching search today.
0: When you said it feels like, I didn't think you were going to say Friday or Saturday. I thought you were going to say it feels like spring because it's going up to about 63, 64 degrees. And you know what? That's appropriate because spring is the time of rebirth and fresh hope. And that's what a coaching search is. You're going out there to, you hope, find the coach that will bring some new life and new energy into a stale franchise.
2: And that is something that Aaron Glenn can do, who, of course, the Broncos are interviewing today. We dove into a, him a little bit yesterday but Mace, a guy that can bring a ton of fresh air and mm. fresh energy and light and positivity into a building is a guy that they are interviewing tomorrow, and so that's who I want to focus on today, because you mentioned how the weather is springtime today. Mm -hmm. The weather in Denver tomorrow, it is snowy, and that probably reflects where the Broncos are going to be tomorrow in Green Bay to interview Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. And then on Saturday morning, they'll have an interview with Packers passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Luke Getze. So let's dive into those guys today, and let's start with who I think is one of the two front runners for this job, Nathaniel Hackett.
0: I agree. I think he's probably he's probably number 2 right now mm-hmm. i mean if i were if he's I,
2: on all of our boards he's number 2 he's number
0: 2 but that being said i think there's a significant distance between 1 and 2 I think so too. I think I'd say Dan Quinn is probably out of a, a better than fifty percent chance of being the next coach of the Broncos. And on uh, and on some and, Vegas yeah. odds, he is that. Right. He,
2: he's actually minus one ten and, and moving as even more of the favorite.
0: And Hackett at this point, if you were just putting some odds out, I mean we're just kind of spitballing here, because really only George Payton knows. But you'd say probably I'd say probably about twenty percent is where Hackett is yeah, the yeah. the best of the rest of the crew. Certainly. He's got multiple years of experience as OC with three different teams. I prefer to focus on in terms of his offensive coordinator accomplishment, I prefer to focus on the literally the only full season he had in Jacksonville. I mean, look, you're OC in Green Bay, you're not call A you're not calling plays B you've got Aaron Rodgers. Of course it's going to be great when you have Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think you hold it against him that it was bad when they had Jordan Love out there against Kansas City and they only had three points. I don't think you hold that against Matt LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett, or anybody involved with the Packer offense. Right. So that just focus I think you focus then on what he did in Jacksonville getting a t- getting having the number one running game in the league in twenty seventeen, get getting a top ten overall offense with Blake Bortles at quarterback. Because that, Zach, is probably going to be more analogous to the situation he's going to walk into here Unless you do pull an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson out of the hat, it's more likely going to be either maximizing what you have or developing a round one quarterback.
2: Yep, and how was Leonard Floyd in that offense? Oh, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, I'm sorry. That's
0: okay, that's okay. Leonard Fournette was, as you might say, Zach, Magnificent. Magnificent he Could Javante Williams be that ah, magnificent? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking.
2: That's who would benefit greatly from mm. that if it's not the Aaron Rodgers coming here. And something we've said time and time again, and it needs to be brought up, every time we talk about Dan Quinn and Russell Wilson connection, every time we talk about Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> or Luke Getze and Aaron Rodgers connection, you should not hire one of these coaches in the hopes that they bring one of those guys with you. Because if you do that, you're probably setting yourself up for failure in terms of if they don't get it. And Mace, you put the odds of Dan Quinn at 50%. You put the odds of Nathaniel Hackett at 20%. Right now, what would you put the odds of the Broncos getting Aaron Rodgers?
0: Uh, I'd say about uh, 15, 10 to
2: 15%. 10 to 15%. So that means that you're setting yourself up for failure mm-hmm. 85 to 90%. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I agree with those odds yeah. 85 to 90% if you're only hiring Nathaniel Hackett because of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So put that aside in this coaching search. And I believe, especially from George Payton's comments earlier this week, I believe that he is putting that aside. But well, there's a lot to like about Nathaniel Hackett if he doesn't come with Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, what you said with Jacksonville. And when you look at him and what he's done in Green Bay, I guess you say, man, what he's done with Aaron Rodgers is great. But to me, you kind of put that to the side. So then there's two things. I look at how involved was he in, uh, in, in all of the Jordan Love stuff, mm-hmm. bringing him in uh, and then helping build him. Was he a major reason? Why Jordan Love hasn't seemed to develop yet? Or was that all Jordan Love? You need to do some behind-the-scenes work because I don't think many people in the Packers organization are going to bash Nathaniel Hackett for that. And uh, and, and if you find out that Jordan Love just never had it and George Payton was never a, a Jordan Love guy, then, then you probably don't give him a lot of blame there. And the second thing that you get from him Is the leadership, and that Mm -hmm. is something that, as more information comes out, man, we just get to see how much of a leader this guy was. Yeah,
0: I think actually the better way of describing is how much of a, how great of a teacher he is, as far as adapting your methodology to fit where today's players are and where today's climate climate is. Nikki Javala pointed out in her story in the Washington Post from a few months ago how, when the coronavirus pandemic hit. He worked with a high school teacher to develop programs that would allow him to teach the offense effectively while working remotely. And that's something where you look at the success the Packers have had. And look, yes, they do have Aaron Rodgers, but they've been the number one seed in the NFC two years in a row. Mm-hmm. They and weren't an MVP, doing. MVP back to back seasons, likely. They weren't doing that in the previous years that preceded Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett arriving in northeast Wisconsin. So what that tells me is that they figured out something for this moment in time. They adapted to what the climate was in a bet in a way that was better than frankly, I would say the Broncos. No, without a doubt. Every, yeah, everyone pivoted to zoom or Microsoft teams, whatever software you was (laughs) using. Everybody had to pivot to remote learning, but some did better than others because some, like Nathaniel Hackett, were more creative in trying to find ways to maximize learning and retention for the players despite operating over a a screen.
2: Yeah, yep. and th- and that's definitely a part of leadership. And another mm-hmm. thing about teaching and leadership that we've heard from him is he adapts to every single person, knows mm-hmm. how to get the most from every single person, and so that's going to be a big thing that he has in his back pocket. And something else that George Payton's going to have to do his research on is exactly what you were pointing to, Mace, that the Packers' offense has been fantastic. The mm-hmm. quarterback position has been superb the past two years. Has that 100% been on Aaron Rodgers? How much of that credit is? is to the head coach, who's also the play caller Mm -hmm. in Matt LaFleur. How much is that to the credit of Nathaniel Hackett? And then go one step further. How much is that to the credit of Luke Getzey, since the Broncos are also interviewing him as well? That is the difficult thing to find. But you know what? George Payton, he's a guy that watches, uh, we heard a story last year, he watches guys doing beach workouts in order to Mm. to find out more information on them. He is a grinder. He knows all Mm. the back channels to turn to. So if you feel comfortable with anyone having to find out this information, it really is George Payton with how connected he is uh, and how many back channels he has. So that's going to be key because let's say you find out that Boy, this offense is clicking because of Nathaniel Hackett Mm -hmm. and obviously Aaron Rodgers as well. But Matt LaFleur is really just the head coach. Boy, you love that. Mm -hmm. If you find out that Matt LaFleur is doing everything, uh, you probably don't like it as much here.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, with Matt LaFleur being the play caller in Green Bay, it's probably going to come down mostly on, on Matt LaFleur. And I think that ultimately that's, that's where everything kind of starts. And and that's, that's fair because ultimately how, what the final result is in the game is coming from, is coming from the plays and how they're executed. And so that's, and that's where, again, if you can offer a critique of Nathaniel Hackett, it is, yes, he had that great, that excellent season with Jacksonville when he was full, when he was calling plays for the full season in 2017, They did dismiss him at midseason, or about three-quarters of the way through the season, I should say, in 2018 because the offense was struggling. And then he was offensive coordinator in Buffalo under Doug Marone. And that's one thing I think that maybe you look at and say, well, I mean, that offense didn't really click. EJ Manuel didn't get going. But at the same time, you mentioned Jordan Love. I think we all have a tendency sometimes to say, well, if player X didn't develop, it's on the coach for not doing the job. Whereas sometimes it's on the player, it's on the material, it's on not having the the ability, for whatever reason, to succeed in the NFL. I mean, it's something that that I think is interesting to bring up with, like, Pat Shermer, for example. Most of his quarterbacks have, in fact, since 2013, all all but one have exceeded their career norms in passer rating when they had Shermer around. Some significantly so. Teddy Bridgewater did mm-hmm. this pat this past year. And then, you know, I think people are gonna blame Pat Shermer for the lack of development of Drew Locke when he's actually done a good job of you know having Daniel Jones be better than Jones has been in the two years that followed without Pat Shermer. So sometimes sometimes it is on the player. I know people don't wanna want to hear that, but sometimes it's it's on the player, not on the coach.
2: I think in Denver, people are actually okay with hearing that and can get behind that. And the reason is they were around the Paxton Lynch era. Mm. I don't think anyone put that on Gary Kubiak. Mm. People shouldn't have been putting it on Vance Joseph. Or people, Mike McCoy
0: or, right, or I, Billy Musk or anybody else. I
2: think people knew why Paxton Lynch didn't turn mm. out. So I think people in Denver actually would be willing to give a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt to that. But Nathaniel Hackett, certainly an interesting mm. candidate. We both think he's one of the top two guys. And if he blows them away it's going to be hard for them to not go with him just because of that offensive background and how exciting this team could be, not just with the offensive personality, but with a guy that's still young. I mean, 42 years old in the NFL. And Mace, of course, he also has the tie to his dad being an NFL mm-hmm. head coach, we know.
0: Or had NFL assistant coach. He was college head coach. He, a co- a college t- head coach. He was SC's head coach for a while, and Pitt, too. And a guy that yeah. that
2: has been in the NFL. Yep. No surprise that that he was able to get into the NFL. Mm-hmm. But another guy, uh, I, I want to ask you about the other interview that the Broncos mm-hmm. have on Saturday morning. Luke Getze. Mm-hmm. And Mace, I want to start off with the question, is he a legitimate candidate to be head coach?
0: I think it's unlikely. I'd say okay. right now, he is. If you were handicapping this, he's probably down toward the lower end yep, here. I agree. Um, I, I'd say probably like kind of in the bottom tier be him. I think like Jonathan Gannon, it will be kind of yep. a hail mary. Aaron diff- Glenn, yeah. Even though I, th- I think Glenn, there's a lot to like, and I think this is, pro- but I think this is probably going to be a day that helps Aaron Glenn. Become a head coach somewhere else down yep. the line. Yep. This is Aaron Glenn's first head coaching interview. Yep. So it's good to get him on radars. It's good. It's good for him. How that, many people yeah.
2: is it there first? Really quick. So Aaron Glenn, uh, right? Uh, Jonathan Gannon, yes. Uh, Luke Getze, I, I yes. would also imagine. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, let's go. Oh, probably Ke- Kevin O'Connell. Uh, yes, it's probably so. mm-hmm. his first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kellen Moore. This is his first. No, he had some interviews last I year. I thought he did, had an interview, yes. too, last he, year, he, yes. He did Gerard Mayo. This would be his first his go-around first. as a head coach. Uh, not Eric Bien-Ami, Um Le- Brian Callahan. I think this is his first. So it half is. Half the guys the Broncos are interviewing. And Mace, I love that. Yeah. I love that they're going with some, some unknowns. But that probably, for the most part, does give those mm. guys a disadvantage.
0: Right. It, it does. I mean, they could come in and wow George Payton. But at the same time, Payton is so deliberate and calculated that – I don't know if he's going to see his needle go from one direction, from one extreme to the other based on an interview when he's got the research, he's talked to other people, right. and he's know, he knows their body of work to this point. That's a good point. Like, I, there are some football executives some owners who can be wowed by the interview. I mean, like I me mean, for example, one of the things that got Josh McDaniels the job in Denver in 09 was he absolutely wowed the people that he with whom he interviewed. And un- at the time. Unfortunately on the right. flip
2: side, Kyle Shanahan did wow them, but the Broncos said we already have yeah. our minds made up. We're going mm. with Vance Joseph. So there's, a danger, the left. Left. Yep, there's exactly. a
0: danger to both there's a danger to both sides. Yep. both sides here, but but at the same time, everything we've seen from George Payton Is methodical and calculating. Yep. So, I think it would be an upset if you saw somebody just kind of just seize it out of nowhere based on an interview that maybe was just unexpectedly spectacular. This is also why I think after you go through the round, this round of ten interviews, I would expect we'll see follow up interviews. Absolutely. With. Maybe the final two or three. Yeah, this is something where we're, we're a couple of weeks yes. away
2: from the Broncos truly having a head coach.
0: Maybe so- longer if that team goes to mm, a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. Let's say, hypothetically, Dan Quinn, the favorite, let's say he ends up being the, the coach they want. If that is the case, and the Cowboys go on a march toward the, and play in the Super Bowl for the first time since the Clinton administration, they won't say, well, we're not going to hire you because we need a coach right now. Right. George Payton will wait. Oh yeah. He if he when he knows who he wants, he will wait until that team's run is done. Yep. Period. And that won't and he won't say, "Oh, well, we need a coach now, so let's go to the next candidate." That's not something Payton's going to do.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. And I agree with you also that Luke Getze, probably not a legitimate candidate to be the head coach, but Mace, the Broncos also have an open offensive coordinator position Mm -hmm. as well, and the Broncos could hire Getse away from Green Bay to be their offensive coordinator because that would be a a step up from him, going from Mm -hmm. passing game coordinator and quarterback coach to offensive coordinator. And there's two situations that are kind of – potentially panning out for him to make that jump to the Broncos. One is, of course, the obvious one. Nathaniel Hackett becomes the Broncos' head coach. Then Luke Getze becomes the Broncos' offensive Mm. coordinator. Would make a lot of sense to keep those two together. And then you also kind of take a a little safety net with you by saying, Mm well, we don't know if what they've been doing in Green Bay has been Mm -hmm. uh, 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 Matt LaFleur, Getze, or Hackett. So we're going to take two out of the three that we can to help ourselves get that best shot at developing a quarterback and having good offensive success. So that's one area that that we can absolutely see those roads crossing. But another one you kind of mentioned earlier this week where Getze could be the offensive coordinator under a different Mm -hmm. head coach.
0: Yeah, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. and, and hired Mike McCarthy hired Luke Getzey in Green Bay for his first stint because he was there for four seasons. Then he went to Mississippi State, and I think as we get into Getzey, we we should talk about that Mississippi State season. Even though I would not, put, I don't want to put too much on it because it wasn't great. And when he went back to Green Bay under Matt Lafleur, there was already some pressure on Luke Getzey for the offensive struggle, offensive struggles in Starkville. In the 2018 campaign. But Mike McCarthy brought him in. And he and worked as an offensive assistant in that time. And so I think it's probably naive to not consider the, the notion that McCarthy has talked with both Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn about Luke Getze, who he obviously knows from four years together. And especially with Dan Quinn, you could see a scenario shaping up where Dan Quinn is the head coach. Quinn, of course, working for McCarthy right now, and then he has another McCarthy assistant who comes in as the offensive coordinator and takes that step up. That's something that I think is very much a realistic possibility and outcome here.
2: I Man, I would say Mike McCarthy would have to love Getsey in order for him to make that jump because that would be, I mean, that that's a huge leap of faith for one of these guys to say, okay, my head coach right now loves this guy with a different team. Mm-hmm. So that would be a huge uh, a huge tip of the cap to him mm-hmm. if they do make that move. But that is something that could very well happen. And you know what? It's I'm... a league of
0: connections,
2: Zach. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> is. Who you know, not what you know. As the Broncos as an organization, very well know. So, Mace, my question to you is, how would you feel? Let, let's say it is Nathaniel Hackett and Getze. How would you feel about that combination, being the Broncos head coach an offensive coordinator
0: uh it would be intriguing i think uh in that case you might be looking at a defensive staff returning intact
2: mm, which i know you're in favor and, I, and right? i'd be and i'd be
0: fine with that and no matter who the head coach is if you told me ed Donatelle christian parker reggie herring john pagano bill colar etc are all back i'd be like great mm-hmm. run it run it back and let's do it uh, the, You know, despite uh misgivings about Vic Fangio and I know Todd Davis former Bronco player uh, mentioned yesterday on the radio how uh, Fangio really didn't connect with the players and wasn't a player co- yeah. a player coach in the way that others that he's worked with has been ha- have been but the respect for the position coaches is pretty much second to none. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you can go through any position group. You can go through, ask the inside linebackers about Reggie Herring and how he got them ready to play despite all the injuries there. Ask the defensive backs about Donatel, who works with them a lot, and Christian Parker. Ask the D lineman about Bill Kolar. You're going to get the, the same answers around that defense. So keeping that group together, I think, would, would be – Something potentially workable. The only thing that comes in though, Zach, is it's possible that if they lose Hackett, that Matt Lafleur's next move move is to say, "Well, Luke, you want to come be my right right hand, right. running this running this offense here." And in general, you see it from time to time, but there are some teams that that will definitely bristle at losing. Two or three, two or even three coaches off of their staff, with one going as the head coach and then another taking uh, kind of a, a right hand person. So I could see the Packers having some pushback on that.
2: And, and the Packers may say, uh, well, look, if you follow Nathaniel Hackett out to Denver, mm-hmm. you're not going to be the play caller. And right. so you're not going to be the play caller in Green Bay, but you're not going to be the play caller out there either mm-hmm. now where it changes and he would get an upgrade. As if Dan Quinn is the head coach. Right. And then. But then you're not getting Hackett. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then Getze gets the bump uh, because he would obviously be the offensive coordinator, but he would have play calling responsibilities. And Mace, the final thing on Hackett for me, I don't think the Broncos are competing with other teams for Getze. Uh, I think they're competing with other teams for Hackett. One of them being his former employer, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And when you look at this, Doug Peterson is a hot name that's out there right now, not with the Broncos, but with other teams. Dan Quinn is probably one of the hottest names as well. And then he the-
0: turned down the Jaguars interview though to Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: And then the other name is Nathaniel Hackett. Right. He, he already has interviews, I believe, with ja- with Jacksonville, with the Broncos, and with the Bears and one of the things that those two teams have that the Broncos don't is a young first-round quarterback. Now, Hackett may say Justin Fields isn't my guy. I don't think he's saying that about Trevor Lawrence, but that is something that the Broncos will have to compete with and say, look, we'll let you pick our next quarterback. You'll be right there in the room helping us pick our next quarterback. But if he likes Trevor Lawrence, I don't know how you sell the Broncos over that.
0: In terms of raw material to be a quarterback – possessing all the attributes Trevor Lawrence is would be the second best quarterback Nathaniel Hackett's ever worked with better than anybody cuz Buffalo they had EJ Manuel and they had uh-huh. Kyle Orton yeah. and then you had Blake Bortles and Trevor Lawrence is only exceeded by Aaron Rodgers and quarterbacks that Hackett has worked with since he made that leap to OC in right. Buffalo the thing and, and look if if I were s- stepping away from covering the Broncos and saying, all right, I'm looking at this from a big picture, and I was playing matchmaker. Matchmaker, matchmaker, <laughs> make me a match. <laughs> the ideal match would be Nathaniel Hackett and the Jaguars. Nathaniel Hackett and Trevor Lawrence. Do you think there's... That makes them... If they're smart. The problem is, the Jag, as an organization, the Jaguars do dumb things. And they're, they're keeping, doing dumb things right they're now. They're keeping Trent Baalke yeah. around, which certainly... Cut into the potential available coaches that they, they were looking at. Uh, they're talking to Bill O'Brien. That I mean, is so bad. Who ran the Texans into the ground in the end? I mean, what are you th- what are you thinking here? If you're if if you're in that Jaguars office, I mean, they just hired Urban Meyer a year ago, so it would be a smart decision from an organization that isn't making very many intelligent choices right now.
2: And here is where the Broncos. Uh, or Nathaniel Hackett could decide the Broncos are the best destination for, for him, even if he's offered jobs at all three of those places. And it would be if Aaron Rodgers tells him, if you go to Denver... I'm forcing my way out and following you. Mm-hmm. And then it's easy. The, then mm-hmm. then Hackett says, okay, Denver's my place. They've got a pretty good roster. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people believe the Broncos are just a quarterback away. I believe probably any team is an Aaron Rodgers away. So I would agree <laughs> with that statement. And then he comes here, and then you know what he has? He has the Matt LaFleur start to his career, the most wins in his first three seasons, and, you know, mostly thanks to Aaron Rodgers, and that's how he starts his career. But then you know what? When Aaron Rodgers retires in three years, he gets that platform to say, I can bring in another guy. I can convince free agents to come here and draft Arch Manning. Exactly. Trade, trade two years.
0: Trade two years of drafts to pick Arch Manning. Yep.
2: So so that he gets to come play with the Manning ownership group ah! here out in Denver. So that is how the Broncos get Nathaniel Hackett if he is that hot uh, of a coordinator or uh, of a candidate. Mm-hmm. So, Maze, my final question. What grade would you give the Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett as head coach?
0: Uh, B. I don't know if look, I don't know if I'm giving any higher higher than a B, but I probably don't know that I'm giving any higher any lower than a C or a C plus. Hmm.
2: I like that. I like that. And because it,
0: I, I, but part of it is I think uh, you just say all right, you got to tr- trust that the general manager and the staff know what they're doing, that they see something, that they they have access to information that we don't. So I'm I I am very reluctant to give a bad grade on on coach hire at this point
2: that's fair and i think it's also fair that you're going with a b for this uh and the reason is this is viewed as a pretty lukewarm uh head coaching class right now and nathaniel hackett kind of a top of that list Uh, I think he's honestly one of the safer choices, which is kind of crazy to say a guy that's never been a head coach, and so I think a B is is very favorable. There are some questions with him. Is it all Aaron Rodgers doing things out there in Green Bay? But then, of course, you can draw back to the Jacksonville. So, I mean, I I like that. I agree. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you with a B. And Mace, with all these searches, there's going to be some homes for sale, and you're going to need to contact our friends Michael and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. Whether you're looking to buy or sell Michael and Virginia Chevalier will hook you up with the best uh rates and I should say if you're looking to buy or refinance they'll hook you up with the best rates and they are the people to go to because they don't just look at one interest rate they look at your entire financial picture over at Chevalier mortgage and of course Michael is a certified financial planner so he is able to look at your entire financial picture which is so key when you're trying to get the best interest rate and get the best plan for yourself moving forward and right Right now, if you go to or dnvrmortgage.com, you will get hooked up with a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice and get set up with a free consultation, which is so important when you are looking at this. They're not trying to just run away with your money. They want to help you. And you can even give them a call directly at 303-257. Uh, 257-6578 or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006, Virginia Chevalier NMLS 1910631 I
0: also want to tell you about us tell you about us at DNVR if if you're not a member, what are the benefits of becoming a member, well for example, you can read the deeper dives into the, the coaches, even deeper than we're having here in this discussion I've got stories on Gerard Mayo Nathaniel Hackett Aaron Glenn, Luke Getze coming up, really kind of taking a dive into what he did at Mississippi State and how that may kind of give you pause a little bit, but all, all the candidates you're going to see profiled here on, on thednvr.com. Of course, if you're a member, you can comment on our podcast by going by obviously going to the comment section there at thednvr.com. You also can come on down here to the DNVR bar and get a big beer for the price of a small beer to go along with that food. If RK were here, he'd tell you about the Club Level Sandwich I'll tell you about the turkey club or the chicken club. I'll tell you about the turkey club. That's what I always get when I come over here. It's terrific. I mean, beats other turkey clubs I've had out of the water. So come on and check that out. Come on to the DMVR bar. You can get the big beer for a price of a small beer. You get merchandise discounts. You'll get a free shirt. All that comes with being a DNVR member, so subscribe today.
2: You mentioned getting a big beer for the price of a small beer. And of course, we've got Breck beers. You can get any of those on that deal as well. And man, you're not going to go wrong with any Breck brew. You get the Avalanche Ale, Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter Jr., even Christmas Ale, maybe you can still find out and about right now. And man, Mango, (laughs) I mean, they've got it all. Their wheat beer is my favorite. So you got to check out Breckenridge Brewery, whether you're at the DNVR bar, whether you're at the Farmhouse just down here in Littleton. You can also get their delicious food. Call 303 803 1380 to get pickup. Of course, their farmhouse is open right now and they have an awesome campus out there. Whether you want to get some food, whether you want to drink some beers, but let's say you're not uh, around Denver, not around Littleton check out their Breck beer locator online and you can find out where to buy their beers at liquor stores, where you can go get their beers at bars. You can do that by visiting their Breck beer locator. And of course, Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. All right, Mace, there's other things going on in the football world, if you can believe it or not. There's actually playoff games happening this weekend. Playoffs. And so I want to get your picks on these games But also tie it in with the Broncos coaching search because this week, why the Broncos are interviewing three people is because two of them are on teams with a bye. The Green Bay Packers have a bye. So the NFL has allowed any coaches on on those staffs with teams that have a bye to interview this week. And then the other guy, Aaron Glenn, who they're interviewing today, their team is out of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Every other person that the Broncos are interviewing is on a team that's playing in the playoffs this weekend. So the Broncos can't interview them this weekend. However, regardless of what happens in their games, they can interview them next weekend. So let's pick these games and then also talk about, hmm, would these Mm -hmm. games, would some teams benefit from losing for the Broncos perspective or not? So let's get into these picks uh, and uh, let's pull up our standings. Uh, But first, Let's actually get into some of these games while we pull up that graphic right now.
0: I don't think you want people to see the graphic as the thing, Zach.
2: Yeah, that's kind of why, why I'm pushing <laughs> it off. And here it is. You and RK are tied for first 40 and 40-29 record. I'm going to give you a little clap there for that. That's impressive. I'm three games back, 37-32. and 32, But we got six games for me to make up some room. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think I'll have the opportunity to make up some room. That also means I'll have the opportunity to continue to drop further back. Now, we are guys. picking
0: these straight up, just to the, m- make it clear. Yes,
2: these are yes. straight up. And so let's dive into these Raiders at Bengals. Bengals, six-point favorite. Now, I think they're five-point favorite. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we're picking these straight up. Bengals at home. Ryan's going with the Bengals.
0: Who do you like? I mean, the Raiders have some magic right uh, now. Ah, they do. But... Cincinnati when they're playing at their peak they can be unstoppable. Yep. Now, we've seen they're a high they're a high variance team and the Raiders are a high variance team as well. Mm-hmm. That's why this matchup is so fascinating yeah. because if we get the Raiders team that we saw last week that put up 35 points on the Chargers and we get a Bengals team that plays uh, the way the way it did against the 49ers, kind of skulking around, doing nothing for three quarters before finally waking up in the fourth. If that happens, the the Raiders could win and win comfortably. But if you get the the Raiders team that they were before they went on this recent four-game winning streak, which, by the way, you've seen close wins. I mean, the Raiders, you look at their point differential. This is an extremely fortunate team. I think the luck runs out on Saturday. I'm taking the Bengals.
2: And you talked about the luck that they have, Mace. Mm-hmm. I think this is. I think I heard it on the broadcast. This is the first team in 60 years to make the playoffs with an interim head coach.
0: Now, and not only that, they have the worst point differential on a per game basis of any playoff team in a decade. You have to go back to the Broncos yep. of Tim Tebow, <laughs> yeah. another team that got incredibly lucky. <laughs> yeah to find a team that had a worst point differential. And again, we're doing this on a per-game basis to account for 17 games versus 16. Worst point differential on a per-game basis uh, going into and being a playoff team. So it tells me a lot of things. Number one, it tells me the Raiders are lucky. Number two, it makes the Raiders a huge regression candidate for 2022, but I'm sure we're going to get into that in the offseason. And number three, at some point, at some point you roll the dice and it comes up snake eyes. I think that's what happens. For the guys from Las Vegas on Saturday.
2: So you're going Bengals. Ryan's mm-hmm. going Bengals. This is an opportunity for me to gain some ground. Is and, that going for the steal? And remember about that Broncos team.
0: They won their division. They round.
2: did at win their home, first though. playoff game. They were at home. Mm-hmm. Mace, I uh I agree with you. I I think I think the 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 Raiders' luck runs out. Everything is yeah. pointing to it running out this week. I'll go with the upset though.
0: Okay. It's stupid.
2: It's stupid. No. I'll say the Raiders here. I can't believe it. Well, you're kind of an
0: SEC guy. So it makes sense to pick a team that's got they're not Alabama guys, but they've got but they're triggered by an LSU quarterback, an LSU wide receiver, and Oklahoma's going to the SEC. So an Oklahoma running back and in, in Joe Mixon. So I get I, I get that. I think that I think that makes that makes some sense here. Of course, the crazy thing is the Raiders haven't won a playoff game since January of 03. Wow. The Bengals haven't won a playoff game since January 1991. Whew. what I literally say is Paul Brown was alive and was running the Bengals the last time they won a playoff game. He died a few he died several months later. Another thing is this: the Raiders and Bengals have had playoff, dra- playoff wind droughts so long that nobody in human history has made a facebook post or tweet right after a playoff win for either of those wow
2: teams. how about that that'll change this weekend
0: it'll change and to take it further no one and this was pointed out on twitter a couple weeks ago nobody has ever sent a text message about a bengal wow. immediately after a bengal playoff Yikes. Win. Yikes. wow so and you think that'll change though that's going to change and i'm going to say it's gonna be a big day on the ohio river finally
2: I'm going to say there's that streak's going to continue. Give wow. me the Raiders for the upset. I mean, Bengals
0: fans are I mean, they already have a complex. Can you imagine oh, what they're going to be feeling if they lose this game?
2: Yeah, it'd be brutal. <laughs> it would be brutal. The,
0: the the belief now is okay, we've got we've got a great quarterback again. We've got a great offensive mind running the show. Our time has come. Yep. Maybe not to win the Super Bowl yet, but our t- but that they, feel, they very much feel like their moment is starting to happen finally, what they've waited for for decades. Yep. But they also felt this way going into a game uh, 16 years ago this month when Pittsburgh came in for a wild-card round game. Carson Palmer was in his third year. Burrow's in his second year right now. Everything was coming up roses, and then – you could say a football tragedy struck when carson palmer tore his acl it was a long time before he was ever the same after that yeah and the bengal and that bengal's team which looked like it was a great team in the making didn't launch and so that's that that i guarantee you there are bengal fans who as giddy as they are are walking will walk into paul brown stadium on saturday with those types of memories in the back of their minds and that's where the raiders have a shot because if things start going wrong That is a a crowd that I think will create a home field disadvantage Mm. because you're going to feel the negative energy if things start to happen poorly. Because all those fans, the players don't have it, the coaches don't have it, but there are 60-some thousand people walking in that are saddled with bad memories yeah, of it, situations like this.
2: It's a great point, and the Broncos would benefit in this game in their coaching search from the Bengals yeah. losing because the Broncos aren't interviewing anyone from the Raiders staff, mm-hmm. but Brian Callahan is on their list, although he's probably pretty far down on the mm-hmm. list, so this isn't one where they're devastated if the Bengals win.
0: Yeah, Callahan, I think, has a chance if he nails the interview. I do, too. And also what kind of staff he puts together. We talked about it that – if, if Brian Callahan is your coach, does Jim Caldwell come in as his assistant head coach? Which is something that I think would probably make a lot of people feel very much at ease. Exactly.
2: All right. We spent so much time on that. We'll it's sp-
0: an interesting we'll game, though. It is. It
2: is. I know it's they're a very give, interesting they're game. They're giving
0: it the Saturday early death slot, which is always to the irrelevant games. But I think this is a really fascinating match.
2: I, I agree. And this next one is very fascinating. Patriots at Bills. Bills are four point favorites at home. And what seems to be a cold game, uh, Ryan's got the Bills, unsurprisingly. Mace, you also taking the favorites?
0: Well, here's what I'm doing here. I am checking the weather forecast.
2: Mm, Because last time those two played on prime time.
0: It's going to be cold. Okay. Let's look at the wind. The wind is supposed to be clear, cold. Love it. And at kickoff, wind of about five miles per hour. Ah. And that was what messed up. The Bills yeah. in that game on Monday night, the Patriots pivoted. The Bills did not. Those conditions they're going to be uncomfortable, but they're not going to prevent Buffalo from running its offense. We saw what happened in Foxborough in the rematch, in more benign conditions than the one they faced than the ones faced on Monday night in Orchard Park. I think the Bills get it done.
2: Yeah, I think so. I actually don't think so. You got you have to pick your guy, Mac, <laughs> yes, right?
0: McCor- yes. McCorkle's your, is 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 your bay, your boo, whatever. You have to pick him, right?
2: And here we go, two upsets, and I, I'm <laughs> back. I'm back in the territory. I'm just oh, one wow. game back of you guys. I'm going Patriots in a uh, great game plan from both of those, uh, from from Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, and then we see Mac Jones take over. And in this game, the Patriots would benefit, or the Broncos would benefit from the Patriots losing because if the Patriots lose, then the Broncos can interview Gerard Mayo and hire him without any worries. So I'm mm-hmm. going, Broncos need the Patriots to lose, but I think the Patriots win, and of course the Broncos aren't interviewing anyone from the Bills.
0: Right, which is surprising. I really thought Brian yeah. Dayball would be on this list.
2: I thought so too. He's on some teams' list, but not the
0: Broncos. He might be a favorite in Chicago.
2: Yeah, he very well may be so. with the with a young quarterback. All right, mm-hmm. this next one should be very easy. Eagles at Buccaneers. Ryan's got the Bucks.
0: Mace, you got your team right. Of course, I've got the Bucks in this game. Not not that the Eagles can't give trouble because they can play a pace and tempo game with what with their with their recently found ground emphasis that what that we didn't see earlier in the season that we see now and they played the bucks tough on Thursday night in Philadelphia early this season back before anyone realized what Philadelphia what Philadelphia was but it's Tom Brady at home mm-hmm. in the playoffs mm-hmm. that's hard to bet against even though the bucks they're banged up they they should be getting some players back but not everybody But the Tampa Bay should have enough to get the home win on what is probably going to be a sunny Sunday afternoon, glorious on the west coast of Florida, I wish I was there.
2: Yeah, this is so easy. The Bucks are going to dominate this game. They're going to cover the eight-point spread. They're also going to win straight up. Uh, and this is an interesting game because the Broncos would benefit from that exact thing happening. If the Eagles lose, Broncos mm-hmm. can hire and interview their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, at any point, although I do think he's one of the guys that uh, is not going to get the job.
0: Remember, with Gannon, he's a former uh, Vikings assistant mm-hmm. who worked with George Payton, so I yep. think it's probably more likely this interview of Gannon is going to be more about kind of elevating him and setting him up to be in future searches.
2: Exactly. 49ers at Cowboys is the the afternoon game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Cowboys three-point favorites at home, so Vegas thinks it's going to be a very close game. Broncos would benefit from the Cowboys losing because the Broncos aren't interviewing anyone on the 49ers staff, but the Broncos are interviewing both the offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, on the defensive side for the Cowboys. So do the Broncos get lucky and benefit from both of those guys being available right now, or do they move on? Ryan's saying 49ers pull off the upset, and the Broncos can hire Dan Quinn immediately.
0: I think it's because Ryan is a little bit... uh googly-eyed for uh, mike mcdaniel mm, i think you're right yeah some some press conference uh, clips of mcdaniel of course former broncos intern yep. went viral yesterday and uh <laughs> yep. i mean he, he's a character he is i mean him and nathaniel hackett that'd be quite a pairing oh wow that if you had nathaniel hackett and mike mcdaniel You'd need Ed Donatel to kind of balance it out because Ed Donatel isn't, you know, he's very kind of dry. Mm-hmm. But you'd sort of need one, you'd need somebody to be straightforward because Hackett and McDaniel are going to weave some interesting tales. Yep, and they're gonna they're gonna take some deep dives and take your the answer to your question in a place that you never thought it would it would go. <laughs> yep. So that's it, but that's what's fascinating here. And also, I mean. The 49ers, kind of like the Raiders, hot late. The, only, the the 49ers closed with with wins in four or five games. Their only loss was a tough fall-from-ahead defeat at Tennessee. Titans are the number one seed. Number one seed. You can't, even though they didn't have Derrick Henry, obviously, you can't say that was a really bad loss. It seemed like it hurt them at the time. But coming back the way they did against the Rams last Sunday – I feel like I'm making a case for the 49ers to win. You
2: absolutely are.
0: But, 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 as maddeningly inconsistent as these talented Cowboys can be, you know, they had that meltdown against Arizona a couple of weeks back. That's still the only loss they've had in their last six games five and one in their last six. Mm. And the loss to the Cardinals was by three. On balance, this is a hot team. The Niners are, are, are hot as well, but the Cowboys' ceiling is much higher. I think Dallas wins this game and wins it comfortably.
2: I'm going with you as well, Mace. I think Dallas wins this game. I think it'll be a close game, but I think Dallas wins, and the Broncos' uh, coaching search has mm-hmm. to go on another week in terms of not being able to hire Dan Quinn or Kellen Moore.
0: Yeah, and of course, the, the Cowboys are sitting there, and they're what? They are the three seed. Yep. So if seeding holds, it would be Dallas at – Tampa Bay. Mm, What a game. It was a fantastic game back in week one. Yep. But again, do you bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs? Absolutely not. No
2: way. I learned last year. Yeah, exactly.
0: Although, you know, sometimes I get too confident. If I get too confident in my teams, I feel like I it's gonna be bad karma. But um Don't worry, Tom Brady doesn't worry about your karma. He doesn't care about your juju, Tom, he Tom, doesn't care
2: about care he, about anything. Tom Brady is
0: enough to overcome all the negativity of most of yes. the decades of Buccaneer history. That's he absolutely is. Yeah, he he's the goat. Okay. He is.
2: Steelers at Chiefs, this is easy. Are we all picking the Chiefs?
0: Yeah, I mean, even Ben Roethlisberger doesn't really think the Steelers have much of a chance, but I think there was a. He's playing the psychological game. He's playing the, all right, yeah, we know we're, you know, we don't have much going for us. We're a huge underdog, yada, 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 yada. I, I get why he's doing that. What I think this does for Pittsburgh is it kind of reveals what their mindset is. I expect we are going to see everything and the kitchen sink on Sunday night. Absolutely. Any, any trick play, any unusual defensive look, I think you're going to see Mike Tomlin and his staff throw it at the Chiefs, but I don't think it's going to work.
2: Yep. I agree. It's not going to be close. We all got the Chiefs winning. Broncos a benefit from the Chiefs losing because they're interviewing Eric Bieniemy, but that is going to be put on hold. And final game of the weekend, Mace, Monday night, Playoff game got the Cardinals going into Los Angeles to play the Rams. Ryan's got the his Cardinals, of course he does. Who do you have, Mace?
0: Well, I'm I'm leaning heavily on uh, on recent form. Okay, and this Cardinal team they 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 beat the Cowboys back in Week 17. They've lost four of their last five games. Uh, losing to Indianapolis when Indianapolis is roster. They still had Carson Wentz, but they were missing a lot of guys due to COVID on Christmas. That's a bad loss. Uh, losing to Detroit by three scores. That's a horrific loss. Even uh, losing to Seattle when they had something to play for on Sunday. Yep. And, and Vance Joseph's defense getting gashed for 38 points. By the way, the Cardinals have given up 30-plus in three of their last five games. Mm. Arizona looks like a team that is buckling. I think they break on Monday night. The first Monday night playoff game we've ever seen. Give me the Rams at home. Give me the Rams and at another home. Another reason bro. I like the Rams at home, Von Miller, yep. he's on a tear right yep, now. He's like, starting to find it. He f- once uh, he struggled early, and we mentioned that, like how he had a little bit of a shaky season here, was struggling early. He's turned it on in the last three games. He has. He, he looks like he looks like playoff Vaughn from the Manning days. Yep. I
2: completely yeah. agree. And you can get in on all of this action over at DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top rated sportsbook app, and they're giving you another reason to get in on the action. They're giving you 56 to 1 odds in honor of Super Bowl 56. So what do you have to do? Bet on any of these games, and if the team you pick wins. You turn $5 into $256. That's right. Just bet $5 on any team this weekend. And if they win, you get $256 in free bets, which will make the rest of the playoffs so much fun to use that money. Maybe even get in on one of the Saturday games. So you can use that free bet on Sunday and Monday as well. And, of course, get in on DraftKings. Hammer the over on the on the uh, Patriots-Bills game this weekend as well. That is pretty much free money over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the app now. Now and use the promo code DNVR to get all of these offers when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700.
0: You've heard us rave about Sexy Pizza as oh, well. Of course, yeah. that great New York-style pizza here that's available at multiple locations in Denver and one just opened down in Trinidad if you want to take a little bit of a hike down I-25 toward Raton Pass and stop and get some lunch at Sexy pizza in Trinidad. You know, it's not just the pizza though. It's their salads. It's their mm-hmm. wings. I had the Italian salad on Monday night. It's tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. You Got a little salami, a little pepperoni on there. Some mozzarella, some peppers, some tomatoes. Great Italian dressing. Can stir it all that so in there. Good. Oh, it was terrific. It was absolutely. It was absolutely splendid. And you know, the thing is, maybe you're like me. You're like me, and you just want to have multiple meals. Something I learned this week, Zach. I got is I got a pepperoni and garlic sexy pizza on Monday night. No, I didn't buy the 12 inch. I went for the 16 inch. I probably should have gone for the 18 inch, and take it. and, and I had leftovers. I took them home. Right. Well, the next day I put it in reheat on the air fryer. Mm. So you use the Cl- air fryer and the microwave, so you get the crust kind of. You get the, get it get the crust just right. Tremendous. I mean, I can say this if we all like leftover pizza. Yep. So I ate three, I had three meals out of one pizza. Tremendous. Tremendous every time. And you know what? Reheating quality is an important quality in your pizza. And I'm here to tell you, if you get, if you go to Sexy Pizza and you get that 18 inch pizza and you and people in your party, you can't finish it. Take it home. It's going to be a great meal again. It's all the more reason to check out Sexy Pizza with their locations throughout Denver and also down in Trinidad.
2: Absolutely. And you also have to check out our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Coffee and Pizza. Name a better duo right there. And you'll probably need both of those this weekend. Coffee to get you going. Pizza to keep you going. And Strava Craft Coffee is offering you a fantastic deal. If you use the code DNVR25 over at StravaCraftCoffee.com, you will get 25% off your first purchase. And then after that, Once you've used that code and got 25% off, subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee over at StravaCraftCoffee.com, and you'll get 20% on every single order after that. And, of course, Strava Craft Coffee is a delicious CBD-infused coffee, and CBD can help relieve aches, pains, headaches, anything that's going on. It can help relieve. Some people even say it gets rid of the coffee jitters. Check out all of the flavors they have, too. They have a delicious toasted marshmallow flavor. And check them out over at StravaCraftCoffee.com and use the promo code DNVR25MACE. Let's talk to the people, and let's jump into the Super Chats. First, we've got one coming in from Edward Keating. Our guy says, More and Hackett are my top two. So happy Vic and Pat Shermer are gone. Also, I hope Manning's group gets the Broncos. Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it all depends on just how much uh, how much the offer from a Manning group is uh, going to be. And, again, he can't be the money person behind it. No one in the Manning group can. It's going to be others that are pro- that are. Floating the bulk of the cash there, mm-hmm. so you know what what sort of thing they offer. The fact, like we talked about earlier, the fact that it's an it's considered to be an auction. I mean, again, it's not a traditional auction, but the but that's where you're talking about highest bidder is going to get this team. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You just hope that's the right the right person because I can think of a situation where it was that type of deal. Washington, twenty three years ago, yeah. and uh, the obligation was to get the highest bid to maximize the money that would go into the uh, the cook scholars, which is uh, the money that the money that was made from the sale from the, uh, the state of Jack Kent cook went to a scholarship program that has benefited so many and will contribute, yeah. continue to do so. But at the same time, that resulted in the highest bid being Daniel Snyder. Mm. And we know what kind of terrible honor he's been. He's been, that's part, look, there's that that's the risk involved here. And I think that's why a group with Peyton Manning kind of gives everyone comfort because you you believe that he would not allow an organization to go the way of the Washington football team. Absolutely. Quality control is what Peyton Manning would bring.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into the comment section and another one going on the ownership route from Windy City Bronco says, my understanding of the NFL rules on ownership are that one, a single owner must own at least 30% of the team. Two, they can have an ownership group, but it cannot be more than 25 members. Three, they cannot borrow more than $1 billion with a B. 30% 30% ownership of the Broncos would be roughly $1.2 billion depending on the sale price. There's a good chance it ends up being more. Manning is worth about $250 million, so he could get close to that, but probably not close enough. He's only a billion off. That seems yeah. pretty significant. Uh, he says, as much as I love Manning, though, Jay-Z is the most intriguing name I've seen. A big part of the NFL's problems around race is that there's only two non-white people in the room at those ownership meetings. It would really benefit the league to have someone in the room that brings a different perspective. Also, just imagine the future of the Broncos looks like with Jay-Z and Manning as the faces of ownership. Just land a quarterback and we'll be on primetime. So much you'll forget that football is played on Sundays
0: you know what if you're thinking of 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 minority ownership and somebody who could be in the mix think of Robert Smith who is worth 6.7 billion dollars all right he is the CEO and founder of Vista Equity Partners he went to East High School literally just steps from where we sit here (laughs) and he's based uh, down in Austin Texas right now but that's somebody that I believe the NFL would love to have in their club.
2: Yeah, and unfortunately, it doesn't sound like so far he has. We any haven't interest. heard his name come up yet.
0: That's that's yeah. the thing, and and I think that disappoints a lot of people because here he is, like he's he's a De- he's a Denver guy in his background, like yep. he's somebody who I think would have would would have the willingness to kind of be all in for this talent. Yep. in a way that some owners wouldn't... I, I get that there's a concern about having people who aren't connected to Denver. Like, one thing that came up with the Vikings this week, quite often, is that the Wilf family, while they have been good owners in terms of giving the resources, the Wilfs are based in New Jersey. Mm. And so they, they, fly, they, they fly in. Sometimes what happens is, that when you have that remote ownership, they're not as aware of things that are going on and crises that are happening. And that's another reason why I think a group that Peyton Manning was a part of is something that appeals to people because Peyton is right here in Denver and would have his boots on the ground every day. Yep. exactly. And and it's what what they had with Pat Bowen. Pat Bowen was based up in Edmonton when he bought the Broncos. One of the first things he did was, and was moved down to Denver, even said it, I believe as first press conference, when he bought the team, He's leaving Edmonton, moving to Denver. He was going to be all in with the Broncos. And I think that's one thing that it's one. It's a strike against, I think, a Jeff Bezos type of owner who we know Bezos might have a a place here, but I don't think he would live in Denver the way some of these uh, uh, where some others might have more of a Denver connection.
2: I agree with you, Mace. Next one from Bronco Euler says, almost as interesting as the list of head coaching interviews is George Payton's committee. He's got Kelly Klein, Patrick Smythe, Darren Moogie, or, or, yeah, Moogie, Richard Tato, and Ray Jackson involved in the interview process. That's a really stark contrast in personalities and styles than the Elway-Russell-Ellis contingent we've had in the past, and it's really encouraging that we're capitalizing on the diversity of experience and ways of thinking in our building. I can't quite articulate exactly what it is, but the the vibe is just different with George Payton at the helm, and I'm starting to feel good about the Broncos organization again.
0: Now, Patrick Smythe was involved in the interview process in 2019 as well. Right. But I think there's a couple of key things that uh, that are in play. One of the things that, that Patrick is involved with, not just PR, is he supervises the community relations of part of the organization. Right. And then Ray Jackson, of course, works kind of hand-in-hand hand with play, with players – uh, kind of a catchall, everything to kind of furthering their education to, you know, being kind of a, a count, an in-house counselor for, for players. So what you're talking about is with Smythe and Ray Jackson in particular, you're talking about two people that have their fingers on different pulses that aren't necessarily about the on-field. And I think it's important to have those voices in the room. As well, doesn't surprise me that Kelly Klein's in because, of course, she came over with George Peabody's after after George Payton, and is in many ways a right hand, a, a a right hand person to George Payton.
2: Yep, exactly, exactly, and it is it is good to have so many different backgrounds, right. so many people in the organization be on in these meetings. Two key people that are not in, we knew Joe Ellis was not going to be in because he mm-hmm. said it, but still, I mean. That's your acting owner right now. That's that's pretty mm. telling that he just really wants no part of this in a way of respecting George Payton and, and giving him full control. And the other person, Brittany Bolin, is not in this. I mean, we're talking about the Broncos being sold like it's been announced already. It hasn't been announced, but that's just how mm. much it is going to be sold and not passed to Brittany Bolin.
0: Right. I think that that, that was a tell. Yeah. I think, on the likely direction of this heading toward a sale.
2: Exactly. Mile High Till I Die says, Are we too spoiled with George Payton's first draft class? Most drafts would be considered a huge success if you get two or three starters and potential contributors, but it seems like we have gotten six. Will future George Payton drafts be viewed as a letdown if they don't live up to 2021 draft class, or is any draft class a success as long as you get one or two legitimate long-term starters? Well, I
0: mean, obviously, it depends on the quality of the starters. You can get a long-term right. starter... But if they're just okay, not great, then like you could have one player that hits and he's a Hall of Famer, and that makes up for the rest of it. So it's a sliding scale. One thing I would say, though, is let's look back at the 2018, and I say rookie class because we're going to include one undrafted player in this. In 2018, at the end of that season, you thought you had a long-term edge, Bradley Chubb, yep. wide receiver one, Cortland Sutton. Yep. Uh, DeSean Hamilton looked like he was going to be your slot receiver. So effectively a starter and Philip Lindsay. Yep. well wear and tear accumulates catches up to Philip Lindsay. DeSean Hamilton drops that pass in Oakland in week one in 2019, which really kind of yeah. uh, helped start uh, the decline for him. And Bradley Chubb has struggled to stay healthy since then. Yeah So just because it looks good now, let's see where it is. That's why good or bad. I always wait three years to evaluate a draft class.
2: And and, and that's very fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think that George Payton's going to be held to this exact draft class as a standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is one thing that George Payton's known for is having is being able to identify guys late in the Mm -hmm. draft and obviously he he had he hit on guys early Patrick Sertan I don't think anyone really had any questions about Javante Williams was look like a stud Mm -hmm. to everyone as well but he's done a really good job of hitting on those late guys Jonathan Cooper Caden Stearns uh Quinn Mm -hmm. Minertz now seems to be a player
0: yeah I mean it's it's all all the indications are good and let's just kind of see let's just see where it goes like that being said, the early returns on the Vikings 2021 draft without George Payton, not so good.
2: In 2020, they may have got the best receiver in that draft, and that was mm-hmm. with George Payton and Justin Jefferson.
0: Yep. Melbourne Bronco says... My boys! There you go. What I miss? <laughs> <laughs> Love the off-season pod, so I had to come back. Now the train wreck of a season is done. I know it's Bill Parcells thinks Vic will get another head coaching job. Wouldn't it be funny... If the team he coaches trades for Drew Locke...
2: They would not do that. <laughs> I can guarantee that.
0: Yeah, and he's not getting a head coaching job right now. Not this time around, no. no way. Love your breakdown of the head coach applicants. I'm hoping George Payton breaks the defensive mentality and goes for a young, fresh offensive coaching panel. Exciting plays is the only way to win the fans back. Shears. Look, I'll still argue, Zach, you can get that with Dan Quinn because Quinn knows what he's looking for as an offensive coordinator. He's got a very good idea on that. That that being able to identify the right people to run your offense. That's a, if you're a defensive minded coach. That's a skill too. Yeah, Melbourne Bronco,
2: you'll be back if they hire Dan Quinn. You, you, yeah. you will be until he loses your trust. You'll be back. But the good news for you: sixty percent of the coaches that that they're interviewing mm-hmm. are in their thirties. Sixty percent are on the offensive side of the ball. So odds mm-hmm. are in your favor. Except just don't look at the Vegas odds because those are not in your favor.
0: Well, yeah. And the other thing is. The odds are in your favor if you say everybody of the 10 has a 10% chance. Right, exactly. I think we can agree that it's not 10% chance for it
2: every guy. Exactly. UGA Bronco chimes in. Oh, boy. I know where this is going. Hey, y'all. I've been waiting <laughs> until after the Natty to comment and introduce myself. Finally got a subscription for Christmas after finding y'all early last offseason. We em. got him. I'm a grad student at, at Georgia and a rare Broncos fan in the middle of Georgia. I'm excited to finally have a dedicated Broncos community and now planning a trip out to Denver over spring break to get some member-sized Breck Brews. Love it. And my Braves and Dogs won championships. 69 days apart. Nice. uh, Very nice. (laughs) I'm hoping their fortunes rub off on the Broncos next (laughs) season. Sorry, your DraftKings pick didn't hit, Zach. Well, I appreciate that. Although... You're certainly not sorry, but I appreciate the sentiment. Mm-hmm. As far as the actual question, I was wondering what y'all's biggest what ifs in sports history, both Broncos and non-Broncos related. For me, I would have to say my biggest Broncos or biggest non-Broncos what if is what if Derrick Rose hadn't gotten injured. For Broncos what if, I'm stuck between what if we drafted Russ instead of Osweiler, and what if Raheem Moore had successfully defended Flacco's 70-yard touchdown pass to Jacoby Jones in 2012 divisional round. For the latter, I genuinely think that the 2012 Broncos were the best and most complete team of the Manning era, and we would have surely won the Super Bowl if we had beat the Ravens. Go Broncos, go DNVR, and of course, go Dogs. Huh? Oh, That uh, the, the hurt to say, to say, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with the first two, though, there.
0: Alabama's the favorite to win it next year, though, right?
2: Oh, absolutely, and they yeah. should be. They're going to win it.
0: Yeah, that's, that, that's the thing. I mean, hey, we've seen LSU win a national title. We've seen Georgia win a national title. Yep. But... Alabama's always good. Like they're gonna go a little more up and down. They're a little higher variance. Alabama's always right. like. And how uh, about and how about
2: that? The past three winners have been all SEC.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just the SEC and the rest of college <laughs> it, re- it really at this, is at this point. The only one who's got a prayer is if Clemson can put things together. Although I'm curious to see Ohio State next year with C.J. Stroud coming back. They ought to. Yeah. They ought to be able to put up a, a challenge next year. But the what ifs, you know. It, to me, the what-ifs of the last decade, it's all about quarterback. You mentioned what if they drafted Russell Wilson instead of Brock Osweiler. Yep. And then fast forward four years, what if the Cowboys successfully make the trade with the Seahawks and the Cowboys pick Paxton Lynch <laughs> and Dak Prescott then? ends up being in the Broncos lap probably at the end of round two. That's
2: that's a great what if? Yeah. And I'm gonna go the same route, quarterback route, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna mix Broncos and non Broncos with this one. What if Peyton Manning doesn't injure his neck? What if he never has those neck surgeries? Oh he's the Colts aren't drafting Andrew Luck because the Colts are another twelve win team. Peyton Manning's probably a Colt for life what happens to the Broncos? Is Tim Tebow still their quarterback now? Do they move on from him that offseason? What happens? Are they still – are they stuck with – I don't even know who they
0: would have. They would have drafted Brandon Whedon early in round oh, Yeah, in John round did like one. him, didn't he? They literally were watching Brandon Weeden work out right before they met with Peyton Manning.
2: So then how many – quarter? I mean, if you guys thought it was bad, the quarterback carousel going back to 2016 – are we talking about a quarterback carousel that goes back to 2011? Yeah. 2012? Well, yeah, probably, it's probably a, even go it's, further back.
0: It's a mess. They don't. It would not have been Russell Wilson. It Whew. would. Have, it would have probably been Brandon Weeden in round one in twenty twelve, and he proved to be an, a bust.
2: And then there's a chance John Elway's tenure with the Broncos lasts much fewer years. I
0: I agree. And that that's sort of the thing that you've changed everything. Now who knows? Maybe it would have worked out, and you would have found your quarterback in the you know, in 2016 or 2017, you know, maybe at that, maybe in 2017, you've got people in the building saying, yeah, this Patrick Mahomes is something special. We've got to make sure we get him. (laughs) Right. You're right. I mean, you never know. It's a hell of a butterfly effect.
2: And then maybe, you know, instead of Peyton Manning being a 30% chance, I'm just throwing that number out there, 30% chance to buy the Broncos. He's probably a 1% chance to buy the Broncos Uh, now or even zero.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be in the mix because it didn't it didn't get come to fruition, but there were extensive conversations between the Ben Navarro group and Peyton Manning's people that all that almost resulted in a partnership. Of course, Navarro did not get the Panthers; David Tepper did. But you know, I I think Peyton would still would be in the conversation because I think he's just in the conversation to buy a team at some an NFL team at some point.
2: Probably less of a, a chance though with no. Probably Broncos less ties. And, and there
0: and you wouldn't have the um, obviously the emotional right connection right. as well. It would be it, it, it would be oh that's cool, Peyton Manning. But we'd also be thinking about, man, Peyton Manning, he absolutely killed us. Yeah. Those times in the playoffs. You wouldn't be thinking about, oh Peyton Manning, Bronco legend. Yeah. You know, you know one of the the things that I think Peyton should do if he becomes an owner of the team, one of the owners of the team. What's that? Put a separate sign up that says Manning 18, not have a little (laughs) Uh, footnote. Let Frank Trapuca have his own sign and then have a Peyton Manning sign next to that. Okay?
2: (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. There's room for more. (laughs) Yes. And then right after that,
0: Peyton's teammate, Champ Bailey, give him, retire, 24 is kind of unofficially retired at this point. Yeah. Retire it. Give Champ his sign. Boom, done. No one should ever wear 24 again.
2: Yep. And, and as we've come up with, if you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, I'm your glad, numbers retired. I'm
0: glad you're on board with me on I, this. I love that, Mace. Yeah.
2: And, and yeah, you came up with it. I love that. And because then you don't have to worry about, you know, having so many numbers go out because right. that's just such a rare accomplishment.
0: And you don't have to think about it. It's yeah, like, and you, you, don't yeah.
2: have to, you don't have to feel like you're disrespecting Steve Atwater and disrespecting mm-hmm. Shannon Sharp and these guys. No, yeah. it's, it's simple, it's straightforward. And
0: I'm going to give credit to North Carolina basketball for putting the idea of having a concrete standard. Like they have concrete qualifications for either getting your number retired or getting what they called an honor jersey, where they put your jersey and name up, but you don't get it retired. So it's like get to be get your jersey retired, it's like national player of the year, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They just put a very high standard on the top line, and if you meet that, great. If not, you don't. You But you don't have to think about it. Right. And that's why I think the first ballot hall of fame works so well. Then you then it's it's not this kind of hazy debate.
2: Right, exactly. And yeah. made some breaking news coming down right now, not related to the Broncos. The Texans have fired David Coley.
0: Boy. A sacrificial lamb who uh, did not deserve to be a sacrificial lamb. Talk about it. Did as well as as well as you possibly could in very in a very tough Impossible situation. They shouldn't be firing David Culley. They should be... Cal McNair as an owner should be firing himself. They should be firing the chaplain-turned-executive Jack Easterby. That's where the problems are with the Houston Texans. Not with David Culley as a coach. He'll bounce back. He'll get a good assistant job somewhere. He's very well thought of around the league. It's a shame that, that that they're not doing right by him here because... He did all he could making – I'm going to apologize for the profanity, but he made chicken – he tried to make chicken salad out of chicken shit, chicken droppings, whatever. <laughs> so it goes.
2: Yeah, and Mays, a very interesting thing that could develop, Brian Flores going to the Texans. Deshaun Watson wanted to go to Miami because of mm. Brian Flores. Could Brian Flores be the key to saving <laughs> Deshaun Watson in Texas man that would be very interesting
0: it would and I know there are Bronco fans who hope that Watson would be a possibility and that would as a third elite veteran who could be on the market this would take it down I mean obviously Watson's got to have all of of his stuff adjudicated and, uh, and and taken care of but um yeah that's I think Flores is very high in the mix another name you're going to hear It's Josh McDaniels. Ah, yes you
2: will. Yes you will.
0: And you know what? Houston's on the Broncos schedule next year. Mm, Houston is coming to Denver next year. So there is a part of me that's rooting for the, if the the Texans are doing the, the Texans, I don't think they should have fired David Culley, but there's a part of me that roots for the Texans to hire Josh McDaniels, because I want to see what kind of reception McDaniels would get. People around here have not forgiven him. No. It's been a, nearly a it's been over 11 years by next season it'll have been a dozen years since he coached here and those wounds those memories are still incredibly fresh
2: yes they are they absolutely are
0: i would love to see the kind of reaction he would get when they said and the houston texans and head coach josh McDaniels,
2: (laughs) the boo that'd
0: be the boo to end all boos yep Oh, at mile high.
2: And the Broncos <laughs> would love just beating them down. And the way the Texans look, the Broncos could certainly do that.
0: Beat them to a pulp. Sorry.
2: Interesting, though, that the Texans were, we're actually playing good the- ball at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, it, it was clear it was just a fall guy.
0: They, they got they got kind of helped by the Chargers having their COVID outbreak. Right. And actually, you look kind of look back on that. The, char- the, the Chargers have a COVID outbreak. It pretty much costs them a sure win against the Texans, and they missed the playoffs by one game. Yep. I mean, but that's how, but that's just how this season worked, yep. basically.
2: Exactly, exactly, and Mace. That's how this pod is going to work. This was a great podcast. If we didn't get to your comment, please drop it. We will get to it on the next pod. And unless there's emergency pod, that's going to do it for us this week. I think we've we've kind of wrapped up this week pretty well, giving you everything you need to know about everyone. The Broncos are going to interview this week and this weekend. And, of course, the Broncos, I think, will have Sunday off, and then they'll be back on the head coaching grind on Monday or Tuesday mm-hmm. of next week.
0: Unless, in the back of their mind, is okay if the pay like if the Bengals get upset on Saturday, do they interview Brian Callahan on Sunday? That's true. That's one thing that could come into play here, or Gerard Mayo and Foxborough. So yep. that's something to watch. watch out for they could keep they could keep it going to kind of do maybe one do maybe one a day
2: exactly exactly and i got to give our shout out to our presenting sponsor msu denver online one more time because they put a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life at msu denver they are the colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. We've actually had people at DNVR take their classes and say that exact same thing, that they prepare them for the real world. So check them out over at MSU Denver Online. And Mace, that'll do it for us today and for this week. Of course, if there's an emergency pod, you need to come back here because we will be going live for any breaking news. Hit us with a like, hit us with a subscribe button, on youtube and of course turn on those alerts so you know if there's emergency news we will be on top of it otherwise follow us along at ddnvr.com i've got a tracker going mace is giving you great breakdowns mm-hmm. of every single candidate for in-depth uh, information on what you need of them but we really appreciate you guys rolling with us and we will be back with you whenever there's news or on monday thank you guys so much for tuning in for andrew mason i'm zach stevens have a fantastic weekend and enjoy playoff football